It is your regularly scheduled Chair Shot Podcast coming to you here on a Sunday evening from our usual three simultaneous recording locations. I'm one of your hosts, Barry. Joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-hosts and pals. First of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello, everybody. And also Mr. Paul Griffin. Actually sounding good this week. After all the promises that I was going to eventually sound good. Now I mean, I, I respect your method last week. I know a lot of podcasts that do the three separate, or however many guests, three separate recording tracks, but effort in it for this for this for this yeah well this is the thing because i exactly yeah not exactly ftr versus bullet club gold on this broadcast is it do you know what i mean no, it's not but, but i had i had on my own done a <laughs> test recording with the with the phone which is how i recorded the last week and it sounded fine to me yeah but it's in isolation it sounds fine and when you compare it to two other right. recordings that are using proper microphones top of the line like like i think so said it was. It's like when Meltzer used to phone in. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um. So I bit the bullet and I did buy a little new microphone. So hopefully I'm sounding like I used to sound when I had a working microphone a month ago or a month and a half, whatever it was. Now, so sorry to everyone who listened to the uh, the bad sound quality. Which again, I think as we said last week, most people probably don't care as much as I do. No, but now we should be hopefully sounding good again. Yeah, well, we take pride in the quality of our audio, yeah. at least for the last four years before that. We didn't really care. No, well, we I cared, but we couldn't really do anything about it. <laughs> What's the problem? It was kind of outside of our control. To <laughs> beyond, our, beyond our control. Yeah, yeah. The, the technology hadn't caught up with the quality of the content. There was a, fu- a funny bit yet, uh, last week when I was recording with the phone, though. I did... Uh, let a fart go and then I was immediately afraid that the phone was going to pick it up and I was looking for it in the edit and I couldn't find it <laughs> so maybe there's a fart out there that someone wait a minute Paul just didn't edit a fart out of the oh podcast God. Indiana Jones and the Lost Fart yeah we, well we do so many fart sound effects that we could probably get away with oh that yeah, was just us doing a bit hear, yeah if you hear that that was a bit <laughs> alright that was a bit any farts are a bit any screaming also a bit yeah any police sirens, any of the like. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we've got a stacked show here coming up uh, for everyone. We've got uh, uh, the usual guffs coming your way as well as a, a ton of uh, uh, wrestling to get to this week. Um, I am I am uh, uh, departing again next week, though you'll be barryless again next week. I'm off to sunny, some would say excessively sunny Spain um, next week. Uh, Spain in July, not really my speed uh, when it comes to the old temperature, but I am in need of holiday. We are in need of of going proper holiday mode. And holiday mode that is not like going to 10 million attractions and and wrestling and, you know, an actual week off. So that's what I'll be up to uh, uh, next week. So you boys will be holding the fort again. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, and I, 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 I've had a, a pretty good weekend, uh, um, not too much to chat to you before we get into our wrestling news, but I will say, um, I was in uh, Dublin yesterday, came home today, and I thought I'd done a really good job, um, carrying my various accoutrements, uh, um, uh, off the bus, get off the bus there. I had, um, I got some birthday gifts, which I was very thankful for, including, uh, our, our, our Patreon video subscribers can see my, my green screen behind me that I now have 
that you can see on Wednesday when I start streaming. Had that, had my Steam Deck, had my luggage, my change of clothes in it, bloody bad. Had my uh, earphones in, my in my mm. earbuds in, and I was like, that's great, I have everything. Got home, uh, threw all my bags down, was still listening to my podcast, took my earbuds out, said, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll turn those off, I'll put them back in the case. There was no case. Um, ah! uh, and as anyone with AirPods or or any non-Apple equivalent will tell you, is that those buds without the actual case are basically useless. Uh, That's that's basically how they turn off and charge. And there's there's zero... And this is is also my second set of this exact type of headphone. Because I I believe I first got them a year and a half ago, thereabouts. Brona got them for me for a gift, and I left them in some pants that were then put into the wash, and they were completely (sighs) ruined. And uh, I replaced them myself because I wasn't going to make Rona rebuy me a, an expensive pair of headphones that I wrecked. And now I have uh, lost the case uh, off this second set. So I was kind of I'm inst- instilling a punishment on myself and I'm just going to buy uh, a USB-C headphone jack adapter for my phone. And I'm just going to use my wired headphones for a while. As a, as a lesson, because I was like, oh, I, the, the headphone budget's getting out of hand, frankly, with my with my constant losing and breaking of them. So um, I have well, a wired pair. I use. We're headphones twins. Look. Yeah, these are. I really like these headphones, so I think these will just have to. They're going to have to be my yeah. my dailies. Um, I do have a separate set uh, of in ear ones again, wired old old timey ones that I use for the Steam Deck that are very good quality. That are like I I think they'll be getting a bit of a uh, road use. Uh, so yeah, that's me. I'm a buffoon. Uh, we've got a hefty uh, uh, list of wrestling news to get to. Before we get into that, though, any any other uh, occurrences from the week before we dive into all the wrestling? Um, I have. So I bought a new microphone. Yes, as as we touched on already. I also bought some CDs for the first time since Ooh. I think 2008. CDs. God, I can't. Which I have here. Yeah. Um. I got them for having in the car. Okay. Because I, I think, aside from video game consoles, I think my car is my only uh, CD player that I own anymore. Right. Because the laptops that I, or laptop I have doesn't have a CD drive in it. Um, and I use Spotify for listening to music, so I don't, like, rip my CDs to MP3 files and then put them on the MP3 player like we used to. Mm. Uh, but... I bought some CDs on eBay for like two euro fifty each, pre-owned. But allegedly, uh, they're refurbished. So okay. CD number one is the first CD I ever owned. So I own it for a second time now because my original <laughs> is destroyed, mm. and uh, still, still probably my favorite CD, maybe of all time. It's uh, Oasis. What's the story? Morning Glory. Only it came with uh, a copy of Definitely Maybe inside. Oh. Ooh. Wrong CD. Oh. Wrong one. I'm not as much a fan. Of, I know a lot of people love Definitely Maybe. I'm not as mm. much a fan. Maybe, it's, it's very good. Though, maybe it's not. an elaborate bit by the seller who's like, they all sound bloody same, mate. Oh. Yeah, I, sent you, I sent you an Oasis CD. What do you want? Yeah. So they are sending out a replacement. So. Okay. And I can keep the definitely maybe. So I've basically got definitely Sick. maybe for free, which is a very good, very good deal. Other one, a little bit more niche. Uh, one, one of my favorite CDs is CKY Infiltrate, Destroy, Rebuild. Uh, came with a, a broken jewel case. 
And mm. um, the bit around where the CD sticks in. All oh, the, the worst bit to break. All oh, the little, little arms are, are half annoying. of them are broken. So. And many, uh, and like many uh, a PS2 box, even in amongst recent purchases, they shop that little. You hear that little rattle inside. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God. God. Um, but I have those two CDs. They're going to go into my car for uh, maybe this week. And um, the other thing is, I still haven't got the Lego piece. For my Luke Skywalker uh, um, helmet. And so I emailed him again and uh, said, I had emailed him like two weeks ago and said, well, it still hasn't come. And I was, you know, I think I mentioned before, like, can we escalate this? Can we get some extra way of handling this as opposed to just shipping Mm. me out a fourth one that also doesn't come? (laughs) Um, Which is ultimately what's happened. They've just shipped me out a fourth one. Let's see if it comes. Um, and also, with, with it, they haven't sent me any free shit yet, which I'm not happy about either. Oh, well, that's, yeah. Um, look, at the end of the day, if it comes this time, then whatever. Fair enough. But one thing they did, which really annoyed me, was they said, uh, can we just, you know, can you just confirm your address so we can make sure that it wasn't because of a, a wrong address, right? Uh, and I, I've confirmed, I confirmed from already two months ago my address. So all I did was send them a screenshot of the previous time I confirmed for them my address. <laughs> And said, yep, there you go. And I, I think I just put in brackets May 15. <laughs> said, there you go. There's the address. Um, it's never been a problem with the wrong address. The address was correct the first time. Yeah. And they've shipped me out three Lego pieces. None of them have arrived. Uh, the first confirmation, let me just get the date here, just to put it into perspective. Uh, the first confirmation I got that the piece had been shipped was on um, the 25th of March. Uh, we're now the 16th of July. To get so almost, one Lego piece. To get one Lego piece. We're four months later, almost. And like they, Their office presumably is in Ireland. Presumably they have an office. No, no. Uh, they, sh- they ship it from Denmark. Apparently. Okay. Well, we are in the glorious not, European Union, and that shouldn't that take far. that long. Not that far. They they said twenty eight business days it can take. Like, yeah. I, I could I could probably walk to Denmark and pick it up in, in quicker than that. Uh, you know what? That sounds like a great recurring feature. I mean, I'll say that. Paul walks to Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. Um. And then the other thing I was doing today was watching a bit of the Wimbledon. Oh um, yeah, is that on the Wimbledon tennis Wimbledon. final? Very good. Very very good tennis today. Any good oh, celebs in the crowd? Oh, loads. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they they're just, all off work now, aren't they? They're although, all off work, so they're t- it's bloody summer holidays for the celebs. I'll tell you who the the director's favorite celebs were: uh, the little royal children. <laughs> well, because they're both they like cutting to children, but and they also yeah. like cutting to royals. So it's royal children, yeah. royal children. I mean, yeah, future king. Who was who was more popular? Uh, those kids at Wimbledon, or like the the the, the two pretty ladies at Collision that got about <laughs> sixteen different cutaways during each match? What was that? Because they did it once, and I was like, oh, right, fair enough. Fans reacted to the match, pretty ladies, what of it? And then it's like, all right, I've seen you three times already on this broadcast. I get it. <laughs> uh, but the tennis is really good. Uh, I wouldn't be a huge tennis fan, but you know. You watch the you watch the World Cup final of any sport and you go, oh, mm. it's bloody, these are these are good athletes, and I was enjoying it, and it was good, and uh, the result was good as well. Good little upset, enjoyed it. Yeah, young man won. Good shit. Good shit. Uh, well, I had a week. I had the week off as it oh, was yeah. my, my birthday week. 
Happy, happy birthday, birthday on Wednesday. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, lots of, lots of fun. Obviously, we spoke on Monday. So I updated you on the quiz. Not the quiz. The, the life in the UK test that Michelle took. Yeah. So oh, was yeah. very fun. Um, Wednesday, went out to celebrate the birthday. Got up early. We went to Wendy's, uh, the wonderful nice. American burger chain, for breakfast. Where I had, I had a breakfast baconator. Uh, which was delightful. Ooh, baby, that sounds good. <laughs> Ooh, it was very good. Um, I tell you the best part about going to fast food places very early, uh, they're very clean and tidy first thing mm. in the morning. You know, when you go in there, usually it's just like wrappers everywhere, the bins are full, ketchup smeared across every table, you know, mm. papers, straw wrappers on the floor. Puke it was everywhere. pristine. Yeah, it's just it was pristine. It was like, it was like oh, this is nice. Just eat my lovely burger. Yeah. Tidy up. Keep it nice and clean. If everyone did that, it would be lovely. But yeah, anyway, and the food was very good. I say Wendy's pound for pound is is way up there. It oh, really, yeah. Yeah. in the the one um, I had was lovely. Like, but you know, do five you prefer dollars. Baconator or Baconator Two Judgment Day? Because I know other people feel <laughs> strong bum, bum, about it. Bum, 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 bum. Um, it was it was very very good, and um, they've got a lovely little oh, had some vanilla coke at ten o'clock in the morning as well. Oh, which is a nice little treat. Then we went to see a little movie called Indiana Jones, which I'll talk about later. Mm. Um, went also then for a little bit of shopping. Got self some new trainers, new t shirts, much nice. needed. Then we rounded it off with a nice big barbecue meal at a place called Ooh, Texas yeah. Joe's, um, <laughs> which was. Which was very good, but we ordered too much. We couldn't we barely made a dent in it, to be honest. It was a lot of food, um, but it was. But Texas Joe himself was there. Um, <laughs> a man called Joe from Texas was walking around in a. It wasn't a cowboy hat, but it's kind of one of those. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like half bowler hat, half cowboy hat. I don't know if you know what I'm referring to. But you see people in the in the south sort of wearing them. Um, I'll see if I can find a picture. But yeah, he was yeah. kind of walking around. I, I, I spotted him. I was like, oh, that must be Texas Joe. Look at his hat. Yeah. For God's sake. No Englishman would wear that. He must no. be from Texas. Um, yeah, the food was very good. Shout out to Texas Joe. Um, yeah, and then the rest of the week, pretty chilled out. Did a big walk on Friday when it pissed down with rain. Yes. Um, but I was like, I want to do it. So better just get on with it. That was all right. It's put, put the rain on your parade, on. man. I know it's very very annoying, but that was all right. And then yeah, just chilled out today. I also at one point popped around my mum's and I picked up um, some. Speaking of physical media, oh hell yeah, I got some of my wow. uh, <laughs> Ricky, Steve, and Carl Pilkington DVDs because we've been doing a rewind on on the Discord Discord channel of both the Office and Extras, uh, and I was kind of craving listening to the the directors' commentaries that they did. So mm. they, did, they did one for all for the for the office Christmas special, extras Christmas special, and the film. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to secure those. So I ripped those. I actually, for the first time in about fifteen years, I actually downloaded a DVD ripper uh, mm. onto my PC, which is the only thing left that still has a, a drive in it that I can actually put a DVD into. Um, so yeah, so I did in the end manage to get all of the the MP3s of the director's commentaries just in case, just in case the DVDs don't work or I don't have a, a disc drive anymore, you know, um, good to preserve the, this media for future generations. Absolutely. Um, Joe's, Joe's going to become a, like a NAS guy, a guy with like a hard, an on, always online hard drive with all this media yeah. on it. Yeah. And this anywhere slippery slope when you start ripping your movies you're like oh, oh I no. I mean, that's the thing this week we got cds we got dvds we're back i did actually day. in my in my dublin trip i i paid a visit to the, the the tower records there um yeah 
in uh, uh, in Dublin, which I haven't been in since they opened. It's great, big, big, gigantic. It's way bigger than I was expecting, uh, mm. and it's got a proper, proper, proper collection of Blu-rays and 4Ks and DVDs as well, and CDs and records. Uh, it was great. I had a proper peruse. I was like, "Good stuff, lads. Good stuff." Mm. You know, this was not no. This was not. I mean, I, I've lamented before the 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 golden discs in Limerick, where it's like a wall of DVDs. But the bottom row is Blu-rays only, and half of them are Marvel films. You know, it was mm. like none of that, none of that shit. I went in, I got to mull over the concept of paying thirty-eight quid for a John Wick four K. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, because think about think about going into one of those. Cause I remember I was seeing the prices of the one I went into in Scotland as well. I, I I wish I had a proper one of them near me, but then I'm just like, I I, I will always defend this stuff, but not paying. I'm not paying 40 quid for one film, lads. Silly, I don't know what, what you think you're doing. I'm not, not doing money. it. It's a lot of money. Uh, even a Blu-ray will, will do me just fine. But yeah, no, we love our we love our physical media here on this broadcast. Um yeah, sounds like a good week. Um we will segue over to a very busy week in the wrestling news here. Uh I think the top story, I suppose, would be the the confirmation of our blood and guts participants. Uh, for next week. Next week going to be a big, big episode of Dynamite, Blood and Guts. I'll actually be uh, en route to España when, when this show is airing, so I'm f- crossing my fingers that the bus has good enough Wi-Fi to, to watch fight. I'm not getting my hopes up, though. Um, so uh, it will be on the Blackpool Combat Club side of things. It will be Puck Pack, depending on which commentator is saying it. Um, and on the Elite side, it will be Kota Ibushi. I was not to say returning to wrestling, but he he worked like Bloodsport two months ago. So uh, returning again to to wrestling after making a brief comeback. Uh, what do we make of those participants, boys? Perf- perfect, really. Surprise announcements. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone expected Ibushi, but we we were speculating last week that it might be Jericho in the other match. Um, I have to say, Park is is the perfect choice because it's a good surprise, but it couldn't really outshadow Ibushi unless they announced like Goldberg or something. It was never going to be like that good, but he, he's a, he's a really good choice and he fits, he fits the rest of the team. So oh, Goldberg yeah. would be sick. Uh, that would be a, a, an incredible use of Goldberg. <laughs> Very tremendous. Um, yeah, I think I'm really looking forward to that match now. I mean, yeah, there's the, there's the, Surprise factor and the newsworthiness of the two names, and then there's the fact that okay, you sit down, you look, you look at those ten names, and you're like, God damn, this is going to be a good match. I mean, I can't imagine it's. I mean, to me, the expectation would be this should be the best blood and guts. This should be the best blood and guts they've done so far. Um, I, was, I was tweeting during the week though. I, I, they probably are going to. I would really love it if they didn't do a crash pad spot or a big stupid get out of the cage, fight in the roof, but they. They started with the first one doing that, so I'm like, they're not going to stop. Well, the thing is, I I was talking about this in the week and saying, the thing with Elimination Chamber, for example, is they have like the four spots they do, and they do them every Every year. And so every Elimination Chamber match feels the same. Mm. And yeah, it would be nice for them to creatively kind of change it up and maybe do a more old school, stay in the cage to come up with some other spots that are it's there for a reason <laughs> the cage yeah, is there yeah. for a fucking reason and they can do it after the after the match if they like i don't know carry on fighting and maybe do a spot i mean i wouldn't like that but they that would make sense but yeah just come on it's a cage match fight in the cage yeah that's what i'm different and even when uh, at the end of um 
the show when Omega was talking about barbed wire and tax and stuff as a little bit like okay we, we we've kind of seen all that we we saw it in the anarchy in the arena mm. just at the the last show let's let's try and be creative about it. i mean i think what what they need to be aiming for is like undertaker lesnar hell in the cell for, yeah i made the exact comparison that yeah. style that style of match don't mm. be trying don't be we don't necessarily need big high spots but maybe some other type of drama some other type of violence just needs to be violent I think violence is the word. The previous ones weren't violent. They were just sort of hardcore. Yeah, hit, hit someone with a bin or a broomstick or whatever. Like, okay, we've seen yeah. that a million times. I think I think they've done an okay job with them. I've, I, 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 my thing is that I have enjoyed them and I have thought they were fun until the ending. And the ending is always the stupid part for me. You know, the first one, especially, I thought the first one, especially in the in the dreary days of Daly's place, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. AEW. I thought when they finally got around to doing that first one, I thought it felt, especially because like, you know, TNA's ones were rubbish and the NXT ones were just so NXT 10 million things doing every move in the sun. And then the first Blood and Guts, I was like, yeah, this is, this is good. This is like a war game match. And then, yeah, the, I mean, the Jericho one was terrible. It was, it was, I know, another, and also kind of half, a bad idea, but also like the half typical uh, AEW production where it looked so obvious that it was a a, a pad. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I I highly doubt that Ibushi is not going to do something mental in his first match, especially <laughs> if his first match in is a double cage. I just don't see him. Uh, I don't see him grabbing a hold on on uh, brother Moxley there, uh, trying to shoot on him for his amateur grappling <laughs> championship he won at the weekend. <laughs> Um, you know, but um, I recently yeah. finished listening to the uh, the lapsed fan journey uh, through War Games. So they did a review oh, nice. of all, all the War Games matches. Of course, they were all five hours long. Uh, so I really I, right up my alley. Um, so I'm very hyped up for the War Games as well now. Having listened to the reviews of the the good ones and the bad ones, I'm like I'm, I'm really in the mindset. So I need this. I need this to be good, Tony. I need this to be like fucking really good so yeah well participant wise is looking like it is i actually like the idea of pack becoming a, a british british uh, blackpool combat club member proper yeah. because he fits the bill even in terms of the blackpool you know english uh connection there <laughs> he's as close to blackpool as any of them or a lot closer so well yeah, yeah. wwe michael cole might say you know newcastle is just uh, Stones throw away from Blackpool. I'm going to jump from Newcastle, so from Blackpool. Um, but uh, I think character-wise, he kind of fits as well. Mm. Yeah, he's a hard, hard bastard, great he's a hard wrestler. Bastard. He's, he's, but his his style is kind of hard laced as well. He mm. gets like strong kicks and shit. Yeah, if, Bri- if Brian doesn't wrestle regularly, he could become more the manager occasional wrestler and put Pac in his place as the I like I like the workhorse. I think yeah. he fits. Mm. And also he's got a more of a high flying edge, but that still feels within the remit of what they do. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's <laughs> not he's, he's not flips and flops for the sake of it. Yeah. Um and then Ibushi, I mean yeah, I mean it's been long heralded that Ibushi would at some point end up in AW. Mm-hmm. Still not clear what it means for his future. Yes, so they didn't give him a graphic, which I thought was interesting. Um, um, no. And I mean, it, but it's, I mean, he's always been 
Well, actually, no, I'm not going to say that because it, like 15 years ago, he was always a very flighty. I'm not going to sign with anyone. I'll work New Japan, but then I'm also going to work DDT. What's that? A British uh, company running in a back alley somewhere. Uh, I'll do that. But I suppose that, that was a long time ago because he, he did sign with New Japan. And prior to their, their beef, he seemed mm-hmm. like he was going to be a lifer there. And then in the last couple of months, he's been he's been very outright. Just like, yeah, I, I, I'd love to go to AW. Yeah, let's go to AW. And now... <laughs> he's run out of money, probably. I, I, I don't know. Apparently, he's very like, rich. I don't know where that info comes from, but that's just a thing people say. I, I, I don't know. He's not a trust, trust fund kid, is he? Yeah, I think he is. Oh I think my god! I think his family are, are well off. That's what I've always heard. I don't know. I don't. He's know. the Logan Paul of Japan. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> what class? Yeah, brilliant wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a brilliant wrestler. Yeah. Um. So I mean, maybe they're just maybe they didn't want to blow it all on one announcement. Maybe they want to announce it for blood and guts, yay! And then they also want the secondary pop of like next week saying mm. he's on the lead. You know, um, because I I don't imagine it's just going to be a one and done. Um, uh, no, I think he's in. I think 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 he's in. Yeah, um, should be great. Yeah, great guess. Um, uh, he was good in 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 Bloodsport. You know, he's he's um, uh, I mean, he never he never lost it. It was just a very it was the whole New Japan thing was extremely odd. Continually, uh, it seems like New Japan and AEW are on great terms. Obviously, they just did Forbidden Door, but like AEW is like the only promotion booking Shibata in actual matches, and now they've signed Ibushi. It's like uh, okay, this is weird. But um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that match looks great. I mean, that match looks great. Um, I would love Pack in in Blackpool Combat Club. I'm I'm mm. I'm over Death Triangle. I think they've had they've done a, they've done a lot of good stuff. And I'm specifically I'm really over the Lucha Brothers as a tag team. I think I've I've kind of always been mm. down on them, and I I like them way more as two singles. Um, mm. uh, I think they bring out the worst in each other, and I think them and the young. Not saying that they've never had any good matches because I have enjoyed some of them. I think them and the Bucks as a as a as a foursome in a tag team. I think they bring out the worst in each other. I've way enjoyed Phoenix singles matches. I've way preferred like Lucha Underground, Pentagon mm. stuff. I'm I'm I think that unit. I think they can quietly do, or not even quiet. They could do a feud. They could do Park feuding with the Lucha Brothers, and then split the Lucha Brothers up. I, I think that's what yeah. thinking. I'd say he's going to go back and, and do Death Triangle after the cage match. I would say. You're not telling me you're not enjoying the work of the great Alex Abrihantes coming out dressed as a child and jumping yeah. up and down, geeing up the, the fans. I mean, that's what I would. Whatever you do with Lucha Brothers Death Triangle, first thing is you silently get rid of Abrihantes as the manager. Yes. Um, who was he with? He wasn't even like Commander or something. Yeah, he came week, out. Yeah, so. yeah. Which I thought was odd. He's just the luchador friend. Old Abrantes. He's just with all of them. Well, listen, he, he's he's bilingual. Like they all need, you know, people need assistance <laughs> chatting backstage. <laughs> you know, uh, the the Penta says thing has never been good. No, I. Uh, no, it hasn't. No, and I, I thought it was maybe funny. Literally the first week they did it. And in, yeah. in true wrestling fashion, it was then like they they feel like they got onto something, and it just got I you know ran it into the ground. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you on that for sure. Um, so yeah, that is uh, that is blood and guts. That is next week, and uh, we'll talk about uh, uh, wrestling TV later. But the rest of that card is uh, Colin MJF against Sammy and um, uh, Garcia. Uh, in the finals of the uh, uh, third best of the three tournaments they've been running in the last um, uh, few weeks and a couple of other matches as well. It looks like like an all right show altogether. Hook in it and um, uh, um, Jack Perry, among other things. Um, (laughs) Believe it or not, there's a Ring of Honor pay-per-view next Friday. 
Um, uh, they they were teasing one match, which was Kingston challenging Claudio. Uh, Kingston then obviously went and did the G1. Uh, they subbed in Mark Briscoe uh, um, uh, kind of at the last second, and now he is hurt, sadly, so he is out. Uh, so... Unless I'm mistaken, there is not a match booked for that pay-per-view currently. Now, I'll hold my hands up right now and say I, I'm not up to date on my paywalled two-hour uh, enhancement match ROH TV show. Um, but I don't believe they have anything um, anything penciled in lieu of Claudio versus Mark Briscoe. I'm going to bring up the Wikipedia page here. <laughs> it's blank. It's completely blank. Uh, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's got four matches on it. No okay. Uh, give us the rundown. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli versus TBD. Great. That, I thought he was off it. Well, I'm not familiar with TBD's work. Is he from? No, TBD. Yeah, no, he's um, he's pretty good. He is pretty good. Uh, he, singles match for the world championship. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Dalton Castle. Singles match for the TV title. Fair <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not making me reach my wallet. Yeah. Was, was that your Dalton Castle impression? You want to buy the Ring of Honor pay-per-view And you're going to enjoy all the wrestling And it's going to be fabulous It's going to be great See that clip of him talking about all the shopping he wanted to do uh, uh, During the week It was uh, They were doing some old-timey territory uh, Like Battle Royale for 25 grand Or something like that And he was talking about going to the farmer's markets And buying loads of jam It was great I'm not doing it justice because I am I am no Dalton Castle on the mic I'll be honest But uh, it was very funny uh, you got Athena against Willow again for the ring. Oh, okay. Well, so, uh, all right. They had a good match on Rampage. Yeah. Uh, and Willow won. God, is Willow going to... Is Willow going to win the ring, ring of Honor title? That would be... Odd. Oh, since you're pushing her so hard on AEW, you're going to stick her on Ring of Honor? She should be in the TV, winning the TBS, so let's be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't feel great about taking her. Maybe maybe Athena's beating her, and they can do it because it's Ring of Honor, and nobody's, nobody's fucking watching anyway. So I'm just like, yeah, keep, let it I, I not to get completely derailed here, but I was watching. Like, I watched Athena Willow on on Rampage, and I was like, I know. Look, you bought Ring of Honor. You got to put wrestlers on Ring of Honor. It can't be an empty lot for two hours. I was like, you're you need real tons of extra, you know bodies in that women's division in AEW. I was like, I think it's criminal that they're letting Athena waste away down in, in Ring mm-hmm. of Honor. Maybe the logic, maybe her logic is probably, well, I can be champion on this show. I I would probably be benched on Dynamite, but I, I think she's better than half the people they put on Dynamite. So, um, yeah, just wanted to get that in. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. Um, and then Shibata against Diana Garcia for the Pure Championship. That's it. Alrighty. But yeah, I mean, I've paid. I bought every Ring of Honor show they've done since the takeover. I'm, I don't know about this one. They, they, they need to announce something because there's no FTR presence. FTR was obviously a big deal. L- last shows. time he got me with Garcia versus Tanahashi. That was the only reason I ordered it this time. Unless he can pull something that big, that kind of dream match out of the bag, then I'm not definitely not watching this. Yeah, it's in five days. They yeah, do. yeah. You know, we gotta, we gotta get something. It's almost as if Ring of Honor is not a real promotion, <laughs> and that they, no, no, no. and he should just bin it off. Sorry, come on. And that's the other thing is with Ring of Honor is maybe they what they need is more of a brand split because it does feel just like AEW offshoots. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. You know, if it was, you can only see person 
XYZ by tuning in to Ring of Honor, then at least there, there's a reason to be, you know, making that decision at least. But if it's just, you know, oh, you can you can see Samoa Joe, but here he wrestles Dalton Castle, whereas in AW he wrestles CM Punk. Okay, well, why do I need to watch the Ring of Honor? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I probably won't be watching it. No, unless unless, unless it's a barnstorming list of announcements on like Dynamite, you know. They're, they're it could CM, be CM Punk versus Brian Danielson on on, <laughs> on Ring of Honor and Kota or even Ibushi. Ibushi Ibushi Pack or some of the people from that match could have yeah. presence. I don't know. But as you were just saying, that would be insane. <laughs> so it's like you know, not getting our hopes up. Um, yeah. So that's the the Mark. I don't know what his Mark Briscoe's injury is, but he's he is off the, the show. Um, and someone else who's off is Brian Pillman Jr. He's off to. Billy Corgan's National Wrestling Alliance, um, which I, I jokingly said to a friend at the weekend, and got, no, and they went, no, he is, he did show up, and I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. great. Uh, that, but, like, but what does that mean for Griff Garrison? He, well, uh, probably great news because he won't yeah. have to be saddled with with you know uh, uh, the dead weight. I mean, it, the real the really funny thing is that the, the actual breakout star was Julia Hart out of that group. Oh. Was, who, who, so who would have predicted that? Who would have predicted? Maybe all of us. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, the, so yeah, she's doing quite well for herself. Garrison's injured. I haven't seen him in ages. No, he's injured. Disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. Mm. Uh, look, Pillman. Uh, the funny thing about Pillman is he's actually been wrestling for years. Like he is not, uh, you know, he's not a, a Nick Wayne guy that the AW plucked from the Indies as a mm. teenager. He's he's been around and he's never gotten he's never gotten better. Um, so I saw. Is he? There was news. He was at the Performance Center. Yes, he was. Was he? Was, like, yeah, I don't know in what capacity. If that was potential dit signing or training, like training I mean, there, it but, might it might be like Johnny Evans is training with Man United now. Get, <laughs> just keep himself fit, keep to, himself get, fit. to find a new club yeah, yeah. but I, I saw this on reddit and then all the comments were like oh this could be good for him this could be a better environment than AEW you know he can he can learn to, to you know how to rest he's about 30 isn't he yeah he's yeah. Not, yeah he isn't just starting out like he knows how to wrestle presumably well he's in just, WWE age that is starting out that's true once he gets to 40 he can go over <laughs> yeah, he, can, he can win the ice yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but that's yeah, the news. Happy pops. Um, yeah, that's the news, and uh, we will segue out of that into uh, the rest of the show. Do we have a quiz this week? This week we do have a quiz. I didn't um, do it. It's not mine. I didn't do it. Um, yeah, we do have a quiz. In celebration of Blood and Guts Week coming up, I have put together a little Blood and Guts slash War Games themed quiz. Oh, dear. So it's kind of an old uh, old format, um, but what we're going to do, you're going to have to name people that have participated in multiple Blood or Guts or War Games matches. Right. So not just one, but people that have been in at least two, up to many more. Okay. Okay. Is that making sense? You can yes. Get in yeah. draft with it. Okay. So I've split it into three categories. So we've got uh, Blood and Guts, we've got WCW War Games, and we've got the NXT slash WWE war games so we'll go kind of one at a time and you can name someone that was in in each of those in multiple 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 war games or multiple blood and guts matches yeah um so there's actually no one that's been in the different variations like a blood and guts and a so i thought there might be crossover but there isn't so that's why you know we'll split it into into three Um, are you counting the tna one just out of curiosity 
New. Not be covered in a shade. Just blood, yeah, blood and guts, WCW and NXT WWE. NXT. So anything that's happened on that. So how it works, if you can name someone who's been in two of that match, you'll get one point. If you can name someone that's been in three or more, you'll get three points. And if you can name someone that's been in five or more, you'll get five wow. points. Okay. Wow. Um, so we'll start off with blood and guts. Uh, so there are eight correct answers. So I'm going to give you four guesses or four opportunities to, to give me a, a person each. And then we'll see if, how many we can get. So uh, oh, I forgot to grab a coin. So we will do a little badge flip. Um, so we have the badge here. Uh, you have the little weird moustache man with the boom box. Yeah, or yeah. you have the pin side. So Paul, do you want pin or... Pin. Mustachy boombox man. I'll go for I'll go for the pin. It's Mustachy boombox man. Oh, hell yeah, so, Mustachio, let's go. So Barry gets to go first. So right. can you name me someone who has been in multiple blood and guts matches? Uh, off the top, I'll go for the pain maker, Christopher Jericho. Sorry, not the pain, not the pain maker, just Chris Jericho. Separate individuals. Chris okay. Jericho. Chris Jericho. Okay, Barry, that's correct for two points. Uh, OG Paul. I'll say, um, in a similar vein, Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara, also correct for two points. Oh, sorry, for one point. One point both of you. Uh, back to you, Barry. Uh, I'm already drawing a blank. Okay. Um, uh, Santana. Correct for another point. Paul. Um, can, I, can I get a quantifier question quickly? Sure. Are we including this coming? Sorry, I forgot to mention. Yes, including this. Oh wait, oh, wait yeah. next week's one. Yeah. Okay, I'll say I'll say John Moxley in that case. That is correct, Paul. Two point one point, so two points each. Back to you, Barry. Mm. Um. Claudio. That's correct. That was in last one and, and in. This coming one. Back to you, Paul. Wheeler. Wheeler Uta, also correct. Yes, he was in the, in the last, in one. last one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, back to you, Barry. Uh, Ortiz. Ortiz is correct. So there's one final correct answer, Paul, if you can get it. I'm just going through the teams who were in each one. Oh, is it um, Hager? It is Jake Hager. Yes, well, so done. well, well done, lads. You got all eight of those. That's four points each. To be honest, that was probably the easier one. It's going to get harder. Well, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. Um. So round two, we're going to do NXT slash WWE War Games matches. Okay. So there have actually been quite a few, and there have been women's matches as well. So we're doing the men's and the women's. All right. So just bear that in mind. So we'll start with Paul this time. Paul, do you want to give me someone? That has been in multiple NXT slash WWE War Games matches. Um, I only know the early ones, unfortunately. Mm. The last, like, since 2019 is going to be a blur. Adam Cole, I'll say. Okay, Paul goes for Adam Cole. That is correct. And he's been in four different Ooh, War wow. Games matches. So that's, a, that's three points to you, Paul, for, Damn. for Adam Cole. Over to you, Barry. Uh, Io Shirai Io Shirai is correct 
Mm-hmm. Also been in four World oh, Games oh, matches, so that's three points for the Baz Man. Back to you, <laughs> Bazzy, Bazzy Man. Um, okay, if we're, if we're going to say Adam Cole, I'm going to say uh, who's most likely to have been in maybe most with him, who was injured the least. Maybe Kyle O'Reilly? That is correct. Cool. That is, he, yes, was also in four. Okay. So that's uh, another three points for you, uh, Barry. Uh, I was just going to go for Kyle, so I will go for Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong again, four ball games appearances uh, for Roderick Strong. So Do I complete the set or <laughs> would, he, would he have missed some? I'll, I'll I'll say I'll say Robert Fish. Uh, that is correct. Paul for three points. Yes. Um, oh, do you have four as well? Yeah, they all. Oh, all they four. all had four. Okay. All four. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, so back to you, Barry. Hmm. I probably never already run out of obvious ones. Um, Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn has been in four war games. Wow. So it's another three points. Very, very good start, guys. I have to say. So you're tight. It's all tied up. 13 points to 13 so far. So back to you, Paul. I'll say. um, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley has been in war games. She has been in three war games matches. So it's another. Three points. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> there must not be many left. Um, I'm not super confident in this one. Uh, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai has also been in multiple war games matches. Oh, yeah. She has been in four war games wow. matches. That's three Jesus. points. God damn it. They are on fire. We're a hundred percent record so far. You, you've now gotten all of the uh, people that've been in before, by the way. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. How many more rounds do we have? With this? There's six more correct answers, so three, three more Let's guesses each. Yeah, three more each. Uh, Champa. That is correct. He was in two. Doing his move on Adam Cole off the top. That is right. So one one point for you for the most jumper. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm trying to think because yeah, so like I undisputed era were like the most prolific, like fucking war, NXT warriors. I'm just trying mm. to think of their opponents, and I'm I'm not doing well here. Uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Gar- Gargano. Incorrect. My friend. Yeah, uh, my he's, only, he's only in one. Um, so back to back to you, Paul. Two more guesses each. So five correct answers. Um, who else? I'm struggling to think, like visualize people actually being in the match. Mm. Pat McAfee? No, incorrect. Using uh, one, I think. Twenty-one. Yeah. Um, to you, Barry. Uh, Razor. 
<laughs> from the other, other oh, oh, from the AOP, yeah. yeah. No, 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 unfortunately not. Okay, so I'm going to guess the other guy is not as well. <laughs> yeah, one oh, more, one more guess. He's the single run that we all remember. <laughs> Whatever his name was. Um, who final, else? Final, final guess for this round. Oh, I might have one. Mm-hmm. I remember he returned, and it was a big deal that he was in it. Kevin Owens. That is correct for one point. Oh, well, well done. Ah, he was, well done. He was in a WWE one and an NXT one, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. So one point for you there. So Barry, can you bring it back a little bit? You got one final guess. Still got four um, correct answers. Four answers that you could be. Uh, uh, Ricochet. No, that is incorrect. Um. So Paul goes into the lead there with uh, um, 18 points. Uh, Barry slightly lagging behind there with 16 points. Okay. So not, not too far. We've got a lot of points to pay for. Um, so the missing answers were all women. Um, it was Candice LeRae. This one is in two. Uh, Sorry, Rack- apologies, mate. It just in an update to an earlier feature, uh, Brona has just handed me a little... Oh. <laughs> Um, I might. I should probably cancel that Amazon order I did earlier with the USB C converter. <laughs> I'll keep it on standby just in case, you know. Uh, anyway, thanks. Oh, Apologies yeah. for cutting across you, Quizmaster. No, well, that's for great news. I mean, should have looked a bit harder for him, but that's fine. Yeah, I'll I'll be hearing about that after yeah, this broadcast. Yeah, Don't you worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, at sixteen point eighteen. Um, yes, the remaining correct answer was Candice LeRae. Ah. Ra- Raquel Gonzalez. I never would have gotten that. No. Kaylee Ray. Yeah, and yeah. Okay. Bianca Belair. I was thinking Bianca because I was like, she was in NXT for 500 years. Of course, she was in a little. Ah, those are no. I knew I would have gotten. I should have said Candice. That's wow. Ah. Okay. okay. Well, anyway, plenty, we move on. Plenty, plenty, plenty to play for. Uh, so we've got. Let me just double check. I've got here. I think we've got four. No, fifteen answers uh, for the WCW. Well, actually, no. Let me check. I should have probably sorted all this out. <laughs> started, but I just realised I fucked something up. But there we go. No, it's all fine. It's all fine. It's all fine. It's fine. So we have got sixteen uh, correct answers for the WCW one. So you get eight okay. guesses each. Okay. So plenty of plenty of chance to come back here. So we'll start with Barry this time. Okay. Do you want to give me someone who appeared in multiple NWA slash WCW war games? And I'm not counting because they did house, a lot of house show war games. I'm only counting. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, televised no. pay per view no. TV war games. Uh, well, I'm gonna have to go for the Stingmon. The Stingmon. I knew he was gonna be number one. Straight in for the Stingmon. Uh, that is correct, uh, Barry. Paul, uh, sorry, Sting. Paul wasn't in any war games. No, matches. he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Sting has been in seven different war games Jeez. matches, which is the record. So that is five points going out to you, Barry Man. Over to you, Paul. Okay. Um, this is where I'm going to struggle on the WCW NWA ones. Because I have, I've never watched a single one, including Joe's favorite match of all time. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be picking names from kind of NWA, WCW, that kind of era. Maybe like a uh, Nikita Kolov. 
might have been in a few. Nikita Koloff. Okay, that's a, that's a pretty good answer, Paul, because he was in three nice. uh, War Games matches, so he's got a big three points. Good. Your first answer there. So not bad, not bad at all. Back to you, Barry. Um, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. It seemed an obvious answer. And it's correct. He was in five War Games matches. Excellent. So another five points for Barry there. Beautiful. So he's now back in the lead. He's in the lead. Oh, you got some work to do. Yeah. How about how about Big Dusty? The American Dream, the inventor of the War Games. Mm. But did he ever appear in the War Games match? Of course he did. He did. <laughs> he was in three different War Games matches. Uh, I believe 87, and then I think he was in the 94 one. Uh, so three points for, for you, Paul. Um, what about Arn Anderson? Uh, Barry, you go with Arn Anderson. Uh, he was actually in five War Games <laughs> matches. So that's another big five points for the Bazman. He's storming into the lead now. Some serious work for Paul okay. to do if he's going to pull this back. I mean, he needs okay, well, if, if Rick was in him and Aaron was in him, Tully was probably in a handful, wasn't he? What old... old uh, big, big Tully B. Old Tully Blanchard. Uh, Paul, that is correct. He was in multiple war games, but actually only two. Nah. So well, you're on the scoreboard, at least. You, you, got, you got a point on there, so mm. it's pretty good, yeah. Uh, back to you, Barry. Uh... Oh, he's definitely in one. I mean, this is a bit of a point on whether he's been multiple. Uh, Mr. Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious uh, was only in one at War Games, one. unfortunately. Yeah. 19, 1991. 1991. Uh, War Games, yeah. he was in. Uh, so, no score there. Thank you, Paul. All right, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for which one? Road Warrior Animal. Road Warrior Animal is correct, Paul. He was in three. So that's uh, three points for you. I mean, I'm going to do the go a dollar more on yeah. um, <laughs> that's, that's uh, the Price is Right, and I will say Hawk. <laughs> also correct. Oh, <laughs> was he in four, back. though? Or he was in six no, more? No, surprisingly <laughs> in three as well. Uh, so, yeah, three points for Barry there. Back to you, Paul. Um... Who else? Who, who have we not said? Um, Barry Wyndham. Barry Wyndham. Speaking of Barry. Barry's. Barry, Barry Wyndham. Big Barry. It is in multiple War Games matches, Paul. That's two... He was in, so that's one point for you. So you're current, you currently trail Barry by five points. Yeah, for, uh, but we, we do have three more guesses each, so yeah, 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 you yeah. could pull it back. Could pull it back. So Barry, uh, over to you. I, I, I'm going to go with... I'm really not confident in this one, but I'm going to take a point away. Mr. Hulk Hogan. Brother, Hulk Hogan in the War Games? Did that ever happen? It did. It happened three times. 
He was in there in the red and yellow and then for two NWO NWOs, yeah. uh, war games as well. So that's three points. Barry was now eight points in the lead. So you can still pull it back, Paul, but you're going to need a couple yeah. of very good answers. But there are still ones, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not ultra obscure. I'll just say that, you know. Okay. Um, maybe I need to lean a little bit more into the WCW side than the NWA because I'm, I'm going to run out of names. Yeah, well, most, uh, most of them were in WCW era. I'll be honest, my, my strategy hasn't come from explicit WCW. I was thinking towards the end, especially, they did 7 million of them. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I, I was like, who's in WCW for a lot of time is my main strategy yeah. here. So. Right. How, about, how about Luger? Lex Luger. Yeah. In multiple Big war games. Big Lexi. Well, Paul, Lex Luger was actually in five War Games wow. matches. So that is a big five points for Paul. So he's now only three <laughs> behind. Since I've got a five-pointer. Oh, brother. With two guesses left each, Paul is three points behind. So, Barry, can you, can you tie it up? Can you secure this win? Got five correct answers left. I've got a risky one and I think a safe one, and I think I'm actually going to go for the. Well, actually, I don't. I don't know either. That would be safe. So, so, but uh, I'll go. Uh, uh, Nash, Kevin Nash, mm. was he in multiple good one. Good one. war games? He was. He was in four consecutive war games. Ah, Ninety ninety six to two thousand. Oh, uh, so that they were all great. <laughs> that was <laughs> especially that last one uh, which yeah, we, yeah, also yeah. had Vince Russo in it yeah um, yeah. so yes that is correct <laughs> that is a big three points for Barry so you take a six point lead oh, shit. and you have in fact wrapped up the quiz but Paul you can yeah. still get a little bit of pride you can still four correct pride, answers Steve. left yeah if you can pull it um, back um Fuck, who else? Ooh. I'm struggling. I'm struggling mm. on names now. Mm. Um, maybe like... If, if in doubt, go for a world champion. That would be my, uh, my if in doubt, go for a world champion. Yeah. Um, Uh, maybe a five-time world champion I don't know oh like Booker, Booker T <laughs> <laughs> Paul you are correct Booker T was in, and he's been in ten war games he was in what? every <laughs> war games from 1987 uh, to okay. the present day now, he was in he was in two war games I would not have said Booker uh, T unprompted he was in the final WCW one and also as part of Harlem Heat he was in the 94 or no 93 war games okay so there you go. So one point. So uh, Barry, you've already won it, but can you get any of the three remaining answers? Uh, the risky one that I wasn't sure of at all, but I f- feel like he's either not right or 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 de- maybe in, might end up being in loads. Uh, giant. No, I don't think he was ever in, in any. No, okay. actually, yeah, I, I, I couldn't picture him in one, but if I was just like, again, if he was there for you know five years or whatever. Couldn't, couldn't fit through the cage. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, so final final guess to you, Paul. I think anyone else? Yeah, I'll I'll take a risky oh, one because I'm, I'm I'm not sure, but he, maybe when I wasn't watching, he was in a few of them as well. Uh, Adam Cole. Adam Cole. 
was he ever in the WCW War Games? No, he didn't actually ah. make a single appearance in the in the War Games. Oh well. So incorrect. So Barry wins the War Games Blood and Guts quiz for 40 to 35 points. Very good. But overall, that's pretty, that's pretty close. That's pretty very close. good performance because you got nearly everyone. Um, the only three you didn't get, more slightly more obscure ones. So Bobby Eaton, yeah, two. Uh, Paul Ellering, the manager who was in the first couple, and then Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner, ah, who was yes. in two as well. So yeah, anyone can get there. So very good. Yeah, thank you very much, Joe, for yeah. that quiz. That was good fun, I have to say. Very good. Uh, sticking with the wrestling, we will uh, segue into the wrestling review this week. Interesting week of TV this week. Uh, do, what do you folks want to uh, take us through Dynamite there? I will be right back. Uh, Dynamite. Well, I've done Dynamite. I remember the ending of Dynamite. I thought it was pretty good. Pull up yeah, the sheet, but I would say the end. I thought the ending of Dynamite was very strong. Because it set up the blood and guts match, and this was this was Kenny Omega kind of being tortured with a chair to the to the throat. Yeah, I had some concerns about it. Oh, you thought he um, was going to get really hurt? <laughs> no, I had some nitpicks about the segment. Oh, okay. Nitpick. We'll, we'll go through chronologically. We'll get to it. Okay, so go on. we opened up with the four star classic that was Chris Jericho against Commander. <laughs> Uh, four stars or four botches? <laughs> uh, one of the more baffling Dave Meltzer uh, scores I think I've seen in recent uh, times. Maybe not so because Jericho is his mate at the end of the day. But mm. uh, this match was a little bit sloppy, baby. Uh, yeah. It was all right. But like- Actually, outside of the, it was two two really big botches. But outside of that, it was okay, uh, fine. But I, I think- didn't come away from it thinking... That's that's ranking high, you know. I'd, or yeah, I'd like to see more Chris Jericho matches wasn't against mine. against Commander or anyone else. Um, yeah, the Lion Tamer finish was was nice because it, it was almost immediately after a, mm. a sloppy spot, and it looked like oh, fucking I'll put him in the really sore looking submission, teach him a lesson. Mm. Um, it was okay, uh, Commander is a little bit like Vikingo in that he feels a little bit more of a showcase. Look at these whack crazy moves. But then sometimes it doesn't feel like a, a match per se. It doesn't feel mm. like a, a back and forth fight. I know I'm, I'm getting into really working Jim Cornette territory here, but it's <laughs> like sometimes the, the spectacle itself can be the match and that's fine but sometimes when it's a little bit sloppy and a little bit lesser if the spectacle itself isn't perfect the match can can be a little bit bare bones and be laid bare because of it it was okay i i I wasn't wowed by it uh then then big don came out and they showed a video of him (laughs) with a, a luscious head of hair uh him and jericho with uh with bad news alan and, yeah. Uh, so uh, it was a little, a little. Oh, let's see, let's see where this will lead. I think Jericho probably will end end up aligned with Callus uh, and Takesh, yeah. and, and I think he needs to be. I think Jericho is someone in dire need of a of a change up. He could be in a good little faction. Maybe, yeah, he should take more of a back. I don't want to say a back seat, but just not be the front man. 
just be part. I, of I something. think even even in terms of the character and visuals, Jericho needs a big shakeup because when he came out to to face Commander here, it did kind of strike. You know, for Jericho, who has a reputation for being a, a Madonna the, in terms of reinvention, the, the master of reinvention, the master sure. of reinvention, and, and and he's been the wizard, and he's been the Ocho, and he's been Le Champion, and he's been you know this and that. And Malibu, Chris. really, really, at the end of the day, since. Dynamite launched in 2019. He's been coming out to the same music. He's looked the same. Same, same leather tights. pants. Okay, he lost a bit of weight once, but same. Put it back on. Yeah. The jack, the jacket with the spikes. I mean, even with all these reinventions, he's really not changed that much. And mm. I think what he's been selling was very effective in the early days. I think as world champion, he was fantastic in that role and really mm. carried the company through those early days. But I think that character's run its course now. And this callous thing might be a good opportunity for him to move into something new. He needs to change up his wrestling style as well. I think you mentioned the well, lion he did a little bit there. when he was doing the Lionheart briefly. I know, but I mean, like tone it down. Like can't be wrestling the way he was. He needs to be a lot kind of slower, a bit more smarter about it. I think. Mm-hmm. Like he's still trying to do the the old spots. And the it's the like, lion salt. It's like ah, oh, come the slow, on, brother. The slow himself. Come on. Just yeah, but if he changed it up and just made you know did that kind of slower, more you know intense, I don't know style, more hold submissions, whatever it could work. I yeah, think he, just... he 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 could study some study some tape on uh, Saber Junior. <laughs> or Great Muta. <laughs> just anyone whose <laughs> knees don't work, just emulate them. But yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, again, when when it comes to things like this, I like to think you know what's the what's the road less traveled here. And what's the most interesting mm. way they can go about this? And to be to their credit, AEW often doesn't necessarily take the road most traveled. And some, you know, we saw with the like Danielson and Moxley storyline that eventually birthed the uh, Blackpool Combat Club was, mm. you know, two guys who, uh, you know, Danielson was watching Moxley. And you think, okay, they're, they're going to start fighting. They're going to have a match. And then it was actually, no, I want to team with you, but we've got to fight mm. before we team. And but that was like an interesting way of doing it. So sometimes AW can do uh, take the more creative or unique way of doing these storylines. And hopefully that's where this callous thing leads. Uh, we had uh, Jack Perry backstage again and Hook, and they did another cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, got away, which is they're going to have a match finally on Dynamite this coming week. Yeah. For the FTW title, I'm going to predict uh, a Jack Perry win there. Oh well. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm. I think Sneaky. Will, Hook will taste defeat for the first time here. Sneaky win. I'm expecting yeah. a long match as well. I, I think this will be the the first like real Hook match, like real real Hook match. You know. Yeah. Did you see the the video they played on? Was it Rampage? Of Hook. Of Hook. Yeah. Uh, having lunch or whatever. Carried his belt around. What a fucking mark. <laughs> Someone might sign it, you know. Kevin Ash wouldn't be having that. <laughs> Carrying his belt around to the airport. What a fucking mark. Um, then we had MJF and Adam Cole. More uh, of their uh, hijinks. We... Oh, Wait, lads, which bit lads, was... lads, lads, lads. Well, oh, this was in the bar. This was in the yeah. bar. Where MJF had to go and... Service four women. several women. Oh, brother, <laughs> tired from fucking so many women, bro. Ooh. Yeah, no, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, you know what, like I like it's funny. Like the, I just hate these segments, but I do think the matches are fun. Like I think the matches are actually very. They're like there's like a basic house so charm to them that I really enjoy, but. Um, 
Yeah. I, I, I've enjoyed their stuff, their chemistry in the ring and in the in-ring interviews. Yeah, these the skits I could I could leave. I still feel like the skits are so over the top and and knowingly bad, and I'm still holding on that it's going to the result of it is going to be some over the top violent turn one way or the other. That wouldn't work. I, I, I mean, that's the only way you, it would work. I don't get the point of do you, doing these sil- over the top. How do you go from services. how do you go from this comedy to like? A, well, it has to be a drastic tonal shift. That that's what would make it. I, Work in a sense. Well, I don't think that would work. I think I think it would just. It's, it's like Royal Tenenbaums, not to spoil Royal Tenenbaums, but that has a very stark tonal shift three quarters of the way through, and I, I'm thinking that that kind of shocked reaction, like "Oh my god, this was this was proper comedy here a second ago, and now we're doing now now we're now we're serious." I think that'd be that'd be like the Adam Cole Chris Jericho match where you just can't buy. Yeah, but not, mel- not melodrama, just just violence, blood. Mm, not sure Cole is a blood feud guy. <laughs> I think he's. Well, no, he's we've seen that match. with him, unfortunately. But oh, we'll see. I don't think it's going to go that route. I, I think it's interesting that they've because at first it seemed just like partners who can't get along. Whereas now that they've, it seems like they've got some actual chemistry and people are really into it. They're kind of leaning into it a bit more. Like I like to, I like it to be that oh, they do actually like each other. But then MJF just. You know, Scorpion and the Frog, he can't help himself. He has to end up turning on him, even though he, yeah. just, he well, genuinely kind of, likes him. We've kind of hinted at that even with, like, uh, it was probably, you know, played for last, but the fact that MJF doesn't have friends and has never had mm. friends. And, you know, they could play that into a, you know, the reason for that is because he has this compulsion to. Yeah, rather than, oh, it was a blast set up all along. Yeah. Oh, MJF was, it? yeah, boring. That's true. That's all right. It's a good, it's a good little. Yeah, and they they got a little plug ski in for the video game as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, a little plug ski. Well done. Um, then we had uh, speaking of the real stars, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara against Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. Oh hell yeah! In a very good, very good match with a a little uh, sprint interference by uh, by Sneaky Swerve. He he appeared out of nowhere, hit yeah. a kick, and he was. In the crowd, one second later, he was. Yeah, that was there. pretty good. Very um, These four guys are really good. To be fair, I was. I always knew this match was going to be top mm. stuff. In safe hands with these, yeah, these lads. Yeah. yeah. As much as we don't like Guevara, get these four together. It's going. It's going to be. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um. Then we had a Nick Wayne package. We obviously had him later in the show. Mm-hmm. Um. MJF and Adam Cole, as we mentioned, against Big Bill and Brian Cage. Uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I like, uh, yeah, I like the big lads. And I, I like the big lads, lads I like the cool. small lads. And it was all all fun. I'm, I'm excited for that double clothesline spot. <laughs> I, I love that they didn't they didn't do the double clothesline yeah. after the call for it. Very effective. That's that's one one part of it in in terms of, be, of it being so silly and being so cheesy. That you have these two guys, MJF in particular, who's just had mm. like the best year in ring of maybe anybody, and Adam Cole, who's one of his finishers, is a like jumping Canadian destroyer from the second rope, mm. and their their ultimate tag team move is going to be a double clothesline, the worst move you could <laughs> imagine. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, and, and there were the crowd were chanting for it. They wanted yes. that double clothesline. You tease something, you don't deliver. Yeah. 
people want it. There you go. Simple. Yeah, very good. Very, very good. Uh, Jake Hager returned his hat to Chris Jericho. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That was my reaction. Yeah. It's a a shame he didn't have his resignation letter in the hat. There is a load of stuff on this show that I'm just like, why? Why do we still have Jake Hager in AEW in 2020? But like, but the funny thing, like, like he's Jericho's heavy. Like that's fine. That doesn't bother me. It's just the, it's just the, the, he's gotten this meme thing over with the hat. Great, fine, whatever. It's fine. He's the fifth guy in a stable. It's not if he has a gimmick, that's fine. But it's the, it's so WWE. The the earnest handing of the comedy prop back. God, fuck off! My no, God. I, I I think we're at the stage now that we have enough talented big lads around to be people's heavens <laughs> that we that we don't need Hager anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ruby Soho defeated Sky Blue in the semi-final. Yeah, yeah, which, I which was, good. It was good. It was good. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, solid. All right. Um, Harley Cameron's music video. Oh. Now I knew you. Know, why? One, this is the greatest song I've ever heard in my fucking life. Now this was good. Oh, God. This was good shit. This was. Oh, good it was shit. good shit. All right. Yeah. yeah this was yeah. a. This was very well put together for what it was <laughs> supposed to be. You are winding me up. I enjoyed it so much. I watched it ten times. I'm gonna put it on now, actually. <laughs> Well, yeah, just go to the iTunes charts. I'm sure it's at the top. I mean, you know. <laughs> Holy Cameron rap. Okay. Uh, yeah. they, did they upload it separately on its own? I assume they did. Uh, oh, probably. Probably. Haven't actually. Someone She's else great. Has She's great. She's great. When are they adding that song to the Fight Forever soundtrack? Oh, is the question. Just delete the rest of the game. Just have the game be the video. <laughs> Joe's Joe's dancing to the song now. We can't. Oh, he's not. He's not doing the rest of the show. He's back in. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's actually a better rapper than Max Caster. Let's be all honest. All right, all right. Well, the Max Caster when he comes out, he doesn't really. He rap. does the nineteen poetry. What was the next segment? Oh my god! Well, the next segment was Harley Cameron again because I rerounded twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, we had Swer- Swerve against Nick Wayne, his debut. Did you see a, a number of people, Dave Meltzer among them, saying Nick Wayne should have won this match? Um, I was like, he is a child, and Swerve Strickland is like a pushed act on the show. He's a man. Yeah. I mean, oh. I, I think he's a great prospect, and I'm glad they signed him, and he nailed it. It was a, it was a super fun debut, and I think they've done... I think because I was trying to, Broner was asking why are they making such a big deal out of this guy because he's been wrestling since he was a child. But also, you know, kind of like Judy Hart, like they don't have a developmental system per se. Mm. So the the teenagers they sign are of interesting to watch because it's like they're their prospects, right? So the idea is that he'll be there in ten years, being mm. a top star. Um, so I think it did great, but I was like, no, nah, I I always like the 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 greenhorn coming in and losing first against an established guy like Swerve. I think I think yeah. I think you almost instantly run out of things to do with him if he beats Swerve on the well, on the first just show. Re- remember, Kurt Angle beat John Cena at that time, and John Cena was all right in the end, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, and I think if he won, you get into that kind of hook syndrome where okay, they come in and win, but unless you're going to give them a push to something within the next six months to a year. 
what is he going to do? Just keep What's the point? winning yeah. the odd match and not really going anywhere. Like you need, yeah. if they're going to do it, if they're going to give him a big push like for a year and he's going to be the fucking world champion at 19, then fight. Yeah. Run with that. But if not, then it doesn't really matter. Does it? No. And especially with the, with hook and with, with Nick Wayne and those types, I think you need to build up a little bit of vulnerability as well in, mm-hmm. in terms of their characters to make people connect with them. If you can't just have them be Goldberg types who win all their matches, you know, that with Hook got over for a while, mm. but also you need to have that Hook has a character that people can relate to and connect to, and have a little bit of a little bit more to it. Oh, yeah, you can have him lose his first match, and sure, he's like he just turned eighteen for God's sake. I don't mm, think there's yeah. any expectation on him to come in and be feuding for the world title in two weeks' time. Um, and then we had the fifth man for blood and guts revealed, as we talked about, and this this is my nitpick is. Uh, they they they're go- they get the chair. They're going to pillmanize Omega's neck and uh, pack his purse on the top rope. And Omega goes, mm-hmm. "Look at the screen! Look at the screen!" And Pat goes, "Right, I-, I won't jump on you. Then I will just stand here and look look at the screen while this video plays." Um, a real heel would have just jumped on him anyway, and then watched the video. Well, they're in, they were in shock. I think they were in shock. They're in, they're in such shock that they forgot what was happening. I just feel a little bit like the getting Omega with the chair around his neck was a little a little unnecessary for you know the reveal. I thought the reveal would have been cool without there needing to be a a, a beatdown angle. Thinking about him cornered or something, he could have been yeah. something, yeah. something. Chased him out the ring, had him throw. Yeah, just it's just, it's just like whenever you have a beatdown and they have the chair around the neck or the chair around the leg, and someone's music plays, and suddenly they stop what they're doing and say, "Oh, yeah." Right Mm. I, I don't know. It's always a little bit silly when you're literally the only thing keeping you from doing it is gravity. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, the video itself, as well. I don't know. I, I always have a nitpick about the way they produce produce those videos. Um, I always like the, the tease of you see a silhouette or you see a yeah. something. Oh, who is mm. it? And they just you know, it's a movie straight away. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was right, and then there was a, a little schmaz, and, and that was it. And that was Dynamite. Um, that I will Smackdown. say. <laughs> Don't matter any Smackdown. I will say, though, I, st- I do still find myself of a Saturday waiting for a collision. Just middle of the day, nothing to do. Go on. What, you mean, like, Rampage. looking forward to it? We'll stick We'll stick Rampage on. We'll stick on Rampage. Uh, oh, yeah. So I watched it again. Uh, it was. I also watched it because I was also killing time on a Saturday. Yeah, exactly. that's what that show is kind of for now. You know. Yeah, I also did watch Rampage. Why is Rampage back? It was a good lineup this week. It was good. What it was, was it again? Nice. I it was all right. Yeah, the the Willow Athena match was on there. That was the main event. Oh yeah, that was good. Uh, uh, was Lance Archer on there? Oh, Lance Archer, Trent. 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 Yeah. Oh, good. poor uh, best friends getting jabroned to fuck like Trent gets that Trent came out with the biggest I'm getting the shit kicked out of me face on him I've seen in years and then like oh he gets killed and then Chuck's going oh you killed my friend and then Archer kills him as well I was like oh these poor bastards but like it would it would be okay if Lance Archer was then the beneficiary of some kind of push but what's actually going to happen is he had his match with Orange Cassidy and and then he'll be off TV for three months um, I also have a nitpick. Um, uh, in on Friday's episode of Rampage, I know this is, and you're right. It's up the international title, yeah. and Jake the Snake says, "Orange Cassidy, if you want this, you're going to have to 
beat us, take it back. And then the two are seen exiting the scene with the championship in hand. And yet, the next night on Saturday's edition of Collision, um, Lance Archer comes out with nothing, and the champion, Orange Cassidy, comes out in possession of the world championship. Now, now, what am I supposed to believe? That this is some sort of magical championship that teleports back to its owner? I mean, <laughs> I, I hope someone got fired for that blunder. I say this derisively. I was uh, genuinely annoyed at that. Yeah. Uh, I like that you used your, your shoot voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got rid of my, my broadcasting voice and I let the real me out there for a second. But no, I, I 100% noticed that and I 100% agree. You're, you're dead on. They did a little story of you know, Jake Roberts rambling as he does, but basically saying, look, we're, 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 we got possession of your belt now. And if you want it, you got to beat us. And then they left with it. And then Arch Cassidy comes out and he's got the fucking belt again. It's like if you're gonna do a rushed, thrown together, um, uh, Cassidy like uh, Archer match, you know, on, on like Battle of the Belts. I mean, there's a lot of aspects of the show that feel like TK is pulled in seven million directions. They definitely got blindsided by this Battle of the Belts because it was so last second. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's bad enough that like they just threw together that match last second, but then to not even follow through on the basic little story you did twenty four hours. Well, I guess three days Wednesday or whatever the fuck like that was that was frustrating but anyway anyway that brings us to our collision collider rundown (laughs) colliders in the house yeah i think i think we're all confirmed colliders at this point the highlight of the week is staying up on a saturday night to watch collision Ooh, yeah yeah baby uh we open with the two out of three falls world title match 60 minute time limit. Don't worry about it. It's not going to go fucking 60 minutes. Yeah, uh, these things never do. No, no, no. They never do. Uh, What a a banger. This this slowly, slowly turned in. I thought it was was expertly slow burnt. Like, by by the first fall, by the second Mm. fall, I was like, "Mm, am I enjoying this as much as the first match? Uh, Not realizing at the time that we still had 25 minutes to go or whatever. I, I thought it was it was tremendous, top top stuff. I thought the first four was brilliant. The way they just kept, just couldn't beat them. Just couldn't get that first four. I, I, I they got me so many times. Hook, line, and sinker. Just yeah. with, with the the near falls. I thought that was brilliantly done. And then it catching up with them and losing that first four. Oh, that was <laughs> that was very good. Uh, I thought it flew by as well. I, I didn't realize I've been watching for an hour when they did the, you know, five minutes remaining or whatever. I thought it was 25 minutes. So I was like, yeah. wait, is it half hour time limit? And it was like, no, it's been on for an hour. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. This match was flown by. I thought it was brilliant. What up there with the Brisco, up there with the Briscoe's yeah. matches. Maybe not as good as the dog collar match, but no, yeah. as good as the first one, maybe as good as the two out of three falls. Uh, but what a star making performance for in, at least an AEW for like Jay and, and oh, Juice. Jay White. Oh, well, we're all in on Jay White. All in on Jay, Jay White, White now. I mean, bang, bang. Ha- I'll Jay put White. my hands up and say we were we were very meh on Jay White and, and all of that. I tell you, I tell you maybe what the difference is. There was no fucking Gato interference. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah. Jay White wrestling. That time, Which I and I did like they put that story over on on commentary. They 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 said that there was no. Um, which was it was a little bit funny because they don't have any other Bullet Club. Well, they have the guns, I guess. Mm. Um, but they were like, no, they're not out here because they want to win. And I, it's like, this is uh, this is the type of thing I would like to see more of on Collision. I mean, I'd like to see it more on AEW overall. But but we'll we'll, we'll pin our hopes on Collision for now, which is that more kind of. You know, you can have the heels just go out and just have a match and either win or lose. Do you know what I mean? 
I think but, AEW got has gone way over the top high on their own supply on on interference <laughs> and wacky finishes. And I know you have to have some of that stuff, but it's mm. just it's so much. It's so much on dynamite. And I feel like for collision, collision has reset the clock a little bit and it's pretty you know, they have you know heels and stuff like that, but but it's pretty much just matches have winners and losers, generally. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um yeah. I I convinced myself halfway through this that they were changing the titles. Um, mm-hmm. uh, especially because with with Cole and 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 MJF getting the next title shot, I was like, oh well, you know, putting they are effectively baby faces. They are effectively a baby face tag team. So putting the the titles on a proper heel team for them to lose to, mm. um, uh, would be interesting. But no, I guess not. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, it was phenomenal. It was it was it was honestly fantastic. And like Joe said, didn't feel an hour at all. Did not feel an hour at all. I got in my head at one point an interesting scenario were it to happen. Maybe something for them to keep in the back pocket for a while. So the story was that the Bullet Club Gold kind of got their noses in front. And then FTR just couldn't fucking pin them or couldn't couldn't yeah. get a fall on them. What if the time limit would were to expire with the heel team 1-0 up? So not drawing per se. That'd be an interesting little oh, story. Interesting. Yeah. Story direction, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Because um, you have, for all intents and purposes, they're winning. They've they're the only ones who got to fall in the match. They they're essentially winning, uh, but because of the time never runs out, it's a draw. But it's best out of three falls. So if you don't win it's two falls, you haven't won, won the match. match so. Bang, yeah, bang. that would probably be the technical ruling, I guess. Oh, well, of course, that yeah. would be the ruling. But I think from a storyline perspective, that would be an interesting thing for them. That would, team. yeah, that would actually be really good. If they wanted to do another match, which, you know. Can I, can I do a, not even necessarily with these guys, just in yeah. the future sometime. i do a reverse nitpick, a hit, a hit pick. Jay, <laughs> Jay White's sharpshooter. Oh, best, best since Brett's. Yeah. He's the only person I've seen really do it properly where he's not sitting back down on the on the guy's legs. He's actually squatting like with his, like yeah. holding the legs up and leaning back into it. Jay what? Shock shooter. Dax yeah. <laughs> Dax put on a very good one towards the very end. Wow. As well. He's only got the stubby little legs, so he couldn't quite <laughs> He does, but it, it looked tight. it was fine. He's on back. It wasn't bad. a loose sharp shirt, it was a tight one. But mm, Jay White's. Jay, well, I tell you, what, we might be converted yet. I think we might be switchbladers. I, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were denied, but I, I did have high hopes. For it. It's funny. I had high hopes for him as a television wrestler outside of the New Japan style. The ironic thing being, his big coming out match was an hour long, which is which is very tag <laughs> at least this time. It wasn't a singles. Um, but yeah, so I, I, get, I, I wonder what comes next. I wonder, do we get? Are they going to segue into a more direct one-on-one Jay White Punk program? I think that would be cool. Mm. Um, we'll see because I, I think they, they'll obviously need to strike while the iron's hot, and these guys should really be the top heels on on Collision. Um, we then had the Own Heart Foundation Women's Tournament Final. Willow and Ruby. Ruby, two-time runner-up now. Yes, always the runner-up, never the runner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that was the right call. I, I felt about halfway through this tournament, I was like, it's Stephanie, Willow, and Ricky. I mean, that makes the most sense. Um, yeah, good match. Good match. It was. Uh, and again, like we were saying about Collision, I know that I, generally speaking, they like to keep the Owen clean, but I appreciated that they... Ruby tried to use her paint, but there wasn't a bunch of interference. Tony Storm, Soraya running around doing a bunch of bullshit. You know, it was just a match. No. Uh, Willow's finish is great as well. It's that, great. That, that uh, gut wrench power bomb. 
Doctor mm. Bomb, whatever you want to call it, always looks great. I I, th- I, th- I think generally speaking, in terms of the the layout of finishers across the world, variations of power bombs woefully underrepresented. Yeah, let's get some more power bombs out there. Absolutely, sit down, sit out power bomb. Uh, I used to love the one that Kane used to do, like the falling power bomb. Yes, I like that one. Yeah. Let's get someone fucking doing the. Falling I bomb. gave my fella that in Fight Forever. The, the looks yeah, that's a great great move. Look, always looks great. Um. Yeah, so I uh, will always your your female one heart winner uh, for this year. Yeah, uh, Kings of the Black Throne in action against Artemis Spencer and Randy Myers. Keep an eye out for those guys. So those guys um, are going. They're going places. Yeah, in Canada specifically. Um, and that brought out Andrade at the end to point. At his mask, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder is he that bad? I wonder are they going to draw that out to all in. Well, we gotta get something, don't we? Yeah, um, Maybe we gotta start getting something for that card soon. Yeah, we're coming up on a month away. Yeah, uh, that yeah, the squat, the match was a squash. You know, it was nothing. And then we had the uh, the men's tournament final, uh, which kind of overran into a little bit of battle of the bells. Yeah, uh, Ricky Starks and Punk, and Starks got the win. Via roll up, holding the rope in full view of the referee, who then did his little bit where he's like, "Wait a minute, was he holding the rope? Was he not? I don't know." <laughs> that would be my big nitpick. Is they, I don't know what the referee was fucking doing or what he was his reaction to that was supposed to be, but he obviously clearly saw it and then had to act it away. Yeah. Um, I thought the match slightly under delivered, but that might have been me off the high of the tag match, maybe. Yeah, I thought, I, thought, I thought it was okay. I, I thought it was good. I, yeah, it was I enjoyed good. it. Yeah, I, none of these punk matches have been to that high, high level, but they've all been I've, very I good. I very much like the Joe one, but I thought it could have used another minute or two. Yeah, this this one, I guess, similar. I thought this one could have used maybe another five. It just it, it never really kicked into full gear for me. I think he's saving it for pay per view for his big pay per view matches. I don't think he's going to go full throttle on a TV match. I think he's working. Nice. Oh, so he's doing a kind of Bret Hart TV, nineteen ninety three Bret Hart sort of matches. Yeah, he's, he's, the clown, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura style. Take it, take it fucking easy. Yeah, but in a big pay per view main event, that's when you go balls out. And then we come to, and and we thought Rampage was was worthless. It's AW Battle of the Belts. It's back. Uh, the biggest hour long waste of time. They do routinely. Uh, I don't think any of these have ever been good. Remember when they first announced they're doing these mm. special Battle of the Bells? I'm like, oh, it's going to be class. It's going to be like a little mini pay-per-view. No, it's just shite. And they put whatever on it, and the champions always retain. It's, when, it's, it's a huge waste of time. When Cassidy came out for the opener, I was like, are they seriously having the chairman main event this show because he is Canadian? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's how that's how dire it was. And also, like the other, the other annoying thing is they've been in Canada for about two years at this stage. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier about it fe- feel like this uh, battle of the bells crept up on them. I was like, I'm, I'm not even interested in Sean Spears, but you couldn't he couldn't have one match on fucking rampage or something to set this up. You literally just pulled him out of a fucking storage unit somewhere and flung him on this show with no notice, no heat, no nothing, other than the fact that he is a mid carder from Canada. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's just yeah. like. 
Yeah, let's not even go through it. This 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 was absolutely no no. Let's not bother. The Lance Archer match was all right. But the only thing notable was the the feed just stopped working for about fifteen minutes during the women's match. Yes, we never saw the finish. Yeah, no, they did yeah. replay it at the end. Yeah, yeah. Tony Storm allegedly retained, but it, it <laughs> yeah, was com- yeah. com- completely worthless. It was notable. It's the first battle of the belts I've ever watched. It was rubbish. Sorry, they're all like this. They're I only like I only wanted to see the opening trophy bit. Oh no, I did watch the Martha Hart kind of presentation. Oh, I wanted oh, to yeah, see that. Oh, bit. Yeah, the Martha thing was that was that was worth. Just watching that, so yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, that was. Uh, oh, I also watched a bit of the G one. Go on, uh, one match. Okay, Shingo, a very Shingo against Eddie Kingston. How was it? Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Who won? Uh, Eddie Kingston won. All right, happens. so you got his. You got his big. His big. Uh, you know. Yeah, he used uh, an establishing uh, win that they always give the guy. You know? Yes, yeah, snowplow type move. I, I, I don't seen him do that much in AW, but hmm. maybe it's like a new finish. Ah, oh, no, the match was good. It was it was hard hitting and uh, typical of typical Kingston match. I'd say good good Kingston. Match. Lovely stuff. Um, that's a G one. We might do regular chickens. I do want to watch some of it. I do want to watch some of it. Uh, we will segue over to the movie golf. I haven't really seen any movies this week. I rewatched uh, Rogue Nation. I I would disagree with Paul's uh, uh, downtrodden review last week. I still enjoyed Rogue Nation. It's, it's messy. It's a mess. It is messy. It is messy. It's I will say that. Messy. But um, but you know, um, writing the bank details on the napkin though, it was cool. Um, that bit in an opera house, you know what I mean? The the opera scene is great. The opera scene is great, and the the opening scene is great, where he's on the side of the plane. Damn, but, like, sounds like loads of great scenes in this movie. But no, but that's the peak of the movie, and both of those happen in like the first forty minutes. And yeah, then what's the rest yeah, of it? yeah, it's, it's all downhill from there. The rest of it's like, no, it's not that. Like, like even if I agree that those are the peak, it's not massively downhill. Yeah, but you want your best bits. To build, to build to them at the end. Sure. Yeah, anyway, like the you know the, the fact that Mission Impossible is now the Mission Impossible <laughs> is, is the is the or Sean Connery Sean is the uh, you know look at look what Tom Cruise does. It's like it opens with that scene here, and then there's nothing more like that in the rest of the movie. It's he, like a little... he outwits a terrorist in the second, in the third. Act. Oh, sorry, yeah, clever, clever Tom. Thank you, Tom, for your service, your continued um, service. Yeah, you haven't rewatched Fallout yet. No, no, we're gonna get to Fallout. This oh, week. fucking. Now, there's a movie. Prop, proper movie, yeah. Fallout, the best, the best. Of them. Yes. I watched a new one. Go on, Dead Reckoning Part One. It's very good. Yeah, it's very good. It's it's not on the level of Fallout, sadly. Fair enough. It's That's it's, fine. it's it's. It, I would say I would have it in the middle of my rankings. I don't think it's quite as good as Ghost Protocol or maybe even the first one. But it is it is good. It, it, it's it's a strong strong seven low eight kind of movie. Mm. Um. There's definitely uh, some satisfying look what Tom Cruise is willing to do. What a mad fella he is! And similarly, there's there are some memorable kind of set pieces. The one early on, one scene in an airport is very fun. Um, one thing they do a lot more in this one than in the other movies is like actively play for laughs. Like okay. it's quite a funny movie in a way that. While it's not MCU comedy, tonally it feels a lot closer to that kind of blockbuster. Hmm. Whereas, I'm not saying the Mission Impossible movies are, are necessarily humorless, but a lot of them play a, l- a little bit more seriously than this one. Um, I quite like the the way they use the MacGuffin in it. I think it's quite clever. And I, hopefully in part two, they kind of lean more into that. I won't necessarily touch on what that is, but uh, in so far as the technology and stuff they use is, is quite fun. 
And yeah, the performances across the board are, are quite good in it. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, maybe after watching Fallout for a second time, it wasn't as maybe immediately memorable or thrilling as Fallout. I think Fallout is still the the crown jewel. But it was it was very good. I'm, I'm excited to see part two. It, it it also kind of works as its own film, even though it's it's part one. It doesn't necessarily feel like it just ends halfway through. It has you know a big climactic set piece, and then it kind of ends after that with a kind of oh let's see what happens next. But it's it's not got a kind of middle of the road. All right, that's enough time. <laughs> see us in a year. Right. It, it 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 almost works as its own condensed story. Well, that's good. And yeah, it maybe feels like more like a, a film, a serialized film in an entry rather than a part one. Right. But no, I, I was I was satisfied with it. I thought it was I thought it was quite quite good. Um and yeah, the Tom the Tom Cruise stuff you've obviously seen if you've seen the trailer, him on his little motorbike. Uh that stuff is all great. And also you'll be happy to hear he does a lot of running. So you Hell know yeah. that he's a young woo, woo, man woo. and not a, a sixty year old sprinting around the place. Him um, and Sting, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But look, I still, I still just appreciate that there's people out there making proper, proper action movies, and this is, although not a fucking Fallout quality banger, it's still very good. And still, you can appreciate for what it is, you know. So I'll give it, I'll give a thumbs up for Dead Reckoning. But uh, my, I'm going to give even bigger, more swollen thumbs up. For a couple of other movies I watched in the Indiana Jones franchise. Oh, go on. Um, so we watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I'm going to watch the uh, the old ones again prior to going to see Dial of Destiny, which I hear somebody might have seen. Mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark is uh, it's just so good. It's 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 dare I say it's near near perfect globe trotting adventure fare. It's interesting because it came out a few years before. Uh, Ghostbusters and visually I think some of the scenes share a lot in common with Ghostbusters so I'm wondering if Ghostbusters the the makers were necessarily directly kind of influenced by Raiders of the Lost Ark some of the set stuff and some of the sky stuff reminded me a lot of Ghostbusters um, I like the bit where the Nazis uh, faces melt off <laughs> uh, it's one of my best bits and the other yeah. lad goes on fire very very good uh, it's just it's just great. It's great across the board. Uh, really, really, really uh, well made. More more than anything, you know, you can have a fun movie, but a fun movie that you can also appreciate the craft of is is really something. So, big, big, big thumbs up for Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then Temple of Doom. Oh, baby, it might not be better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I think it might be even more fun. I, I just had a big smile on my face the whole time. It's so much, so much fun. Temple of Doom. It's uh, it's just from, from, from the opening scene. The opening scene is almost like a James Bond scene with uh, slapstick and action and short round driving a car. <laughs> and it, it has it all. And uh, and then, like I say, when they go to India and they go into the uh, the deserted palace, and they have all the cult stuff happen. That's, that stuff's all fucking great. Now, you know, the latent racism notwithstanding, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think hasn't hasn't obviously aged well, but I still think you know. I used to as a kid, I was into all the you know, hunt for the golden idol like board games and the Tintin stories. I think this is the closest to them in terms of uh, of a film that I've seen. I just fucking love it. It's and, and I I really love short rounds and I love um, Willie Scott as well. I know people find her like really annoying, but I like her change of pace because in the first movie you have Marion who's very much an equal. To Indiana Jones, she's like mm-hmm. it, it, for all intents and purposes the female Indiana Jones, and here you have someone who hates insects and hates getting wet and hates adventuring, and I think it's it's a fun little back and forth between her and Indiana Jones, Ch- a change up in uh, in character, Chris Jericho style character change. <laughs> I appreciate. I, mean, I, I, I I think that actress has got a fucking great scream on her as well. Um, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. I love the scene where in the in the room with the spikes coming down, and she has to put her hand in the to find the lever in with the bugs. That, that stuff's not fucking great. I love it. Uh, so yeah, I went to full five on Temple of Doom. because I, oh, wow. I just had, and that's not to say it is a 10 out of 10 movie. I just had so much fun watching it. it was fucking, I enjoyed every second of it. Ooh. I was just fucking beaming. Um, but yeah, I, I, inarguably, I can say that, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a better made movie, has better, you know, structure and better mm. individual scenes and set pieces and you know characters but like fuck temple of doom is such crack it's just it's just fucking it's it's so much fun i, I can't say it enough about it. it's the, the, the broadest one so when you're a kid it's the one that's like yeah it's the, the, the ones the really kind of gross and the really silly bits which you will stand out whereas yeah. the other one's a bit more i would say sedate it's an indiana jones movie but you know what i mean it's a bit more kind of Immature, you can watch it as an adult. It's a bit more mature, it. I suppose. Yeah. 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 I love I love Time So I still have to watch Last Crusade and Crystal Skull. <laughs> but why don't you tell us about Dial of Destiny? Well, Dial of Destiny. Um, went to see it at the cinema on Wednesday. Had very low expectations going in uh, yeah. based on the reviews and the last movie and just not wanting there to be another one and also the box office which didn't do particularly well yeah very low expectations but i went in and i have to say did enjoy it did actually have a a very good time watching it not to say it's a good movie but did have an enjoyable two well it was 2036 minutes so it's a little bit very long but did enjoy what we saw Starts off with a kind of, I won't spoil it too much, but there is a flashback sequence at the beginning with a de-aged Indiana Jones. Mm. It's kind of the controversial bit. It's Harrison Ford with the kind of Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian type face where it's not bad. It's not like it, it looks horrendous, but it's got that kind of glassy eyed Polar Express kind of stare, whereas he's talking and the face is moving, but the eyes are kind of staying in one position, and, right. and it doesn't quite work. And the thing is, you like you know Harrison Ford's eighty, you know it's not really him, so it doesn't matter how good the CGI is, you're always going to look at it and think, oh, that's fake, or you're going to be looking for the little inconsistencies, mm. the seams. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of one element of it. And some of the CGI is also very wonky. There's a bit where they're kind of running and it just, it looks awful. Uh, and that seems really long as well. It's kind of set on a, set on a train and the whole chase thing to it. Again, Nazis are back because you got to have the Nazis in the movie. <laughs> so it was okay. Then it, it 
jumps forward to the 1960s and it's like old man Indiana Jones and you know then then it starts kicking this is quite fun the plot really kind of kicks in actually saying that the plot doesn't really kick in for about an hour <laughs> which was one of my big problems with the film so and I counted there are there are three separate chase sequences in the first hour of the movie like car chase or vehicle chase or some kind of chase. And I was sitting there. I actually like got my phone out to check how long we'd been watching. Cause I just couldn't believe they'd put so many different chase sequences <laughs> in that first hour of the movie. I was like, what are you doing? We've seen, we spent the entire first hour watching car chases. Like right. it's, it's Indiana Jones. You're going to have a car chase, but don't put them all in the first hour. Anyway, so after it gets through that, then the plot really starts to kick in and it gets a bit more into the finding clues and looking for idols and all blah, 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 all the usual Indiana Jones stuff. And that's when it gets a bit fun. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is, is a very good in it. She's very kind of charming. I think they have a very good chemistry of her as a kind of younger, more arrogant sort of uh, explorer and him being the old fusky, oh, I've done this before, toots, you know, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> you don't want to get mixed up in this. And she's like, <laughs> Okay, old man, I think I know what I'm doing. Um, so it's quite fun, and there's some really nice sequences. I think the the ending is probably polarizing, um, depending on, I don't know, how well you receive it, the kind of final act. Um, but I quite enjoyed it. I thought they, they, they did it well, and it made sense in the context of the Indiana Jones kind of reality. Um, yes, yeah, so overall, uh, quite fun. Quite fun, certainly better than Crystal Skull. In the final act, he's like, well, there's not much left for me to do, except I think I'm going to go on this space journey. And I might, <laughs> I was gonna, that's exactly what I was going to say. I might, I might change my name and just get into being a roguish smuggler. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> Harrison Ford himself would just fucking kill himself if they did they that. Do, they do a Blorco scene where Chewbacca stands out. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, you and I could. No, they actually, no, they already did the scene where they meet each other. Forget it. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, Harrison Ford is 81 now. Yes. So we were talking earlier about Sting and Tom Cruise. Yeah. I mean, there's a big difference. I mean, early 60s versus early 80s. Big, big difference. I mean, there there are points where he's kind of running, but you you couldn't really call it running. (laughs) He sort of looks like a monkey where it's kind of the arms are swinging to try and move quickly. And it it just... I've, I've heard most of it is him sitting down. I, I wish he'd sat down more, to be honest. Yeah. It kind of it's funny because Sean Connery in in Last Crusade doesn't do any of the action. He's kind of a fusty professor type, right? So he doesn't do the action stuff. He kind of gets mixed up in it. But I don't know how, how old Sean Connery was, but he was a lot younger than than Harrison Ford, I assume. I think he would have been. I was going to check now. Yeah, he was fifty nine. Fifty nine. he's way older than Sean Connery was in that movie but he's still doing all that you know punching people out and and running around and it's like why isn't he playing like the Sean Connery type character just who's there for the ride and uses his knowledge and his wits and everything you know I don't they just don't want to do that because you have to have Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones doing all the action stuff but it's just I wish they could had the balls to make him the Sean Connery character, and then have someone else do all the, all the punching and kicking and everything, but they didn't. But anyway, it was fine. It was it was fun enough. Very good. Uh, two other movies. Also watched Grey Gardens, starring uh, Drew Barrymore. One I forgot to review last week uh, that Michelle told me off about. Um, <laughs> this was a movie uh, based on a documentary that I had never heard of called Grey Gardens, which was about two sisters 
who were related to Jackie Kennedy, wife of John F. Kennedy. And there was apparently a documentary about them. And there were these two very kind of wealthy, posh, slightly odd sisters in, in New England. And then they did a film based on it with Drew Barrymore, uh, Jessica Lang, I think it was. So it was a very good performance from Drew Barrymore. I enjoyed the film a lot. I think it was a TV movie, actually, originally, but a very good performance. Uh, and then also watched uh, off the back of uh, watching a new Wes Anderson film a couple of weeks ago, um, Asteroid City, watched the Grand Budapest Hotel Hmm. Uh, which is on Disney Plus. I can't remember. Is this the one you recommended, Paul, or was that Dodgy? I said, yeah, it's like the most it's accessible, the most accessible one. Fun okay. one. Yeah, yeah, and you were right. It was uh, very entertaining. It, it actually had a plot and things. Yeah, it's got a lot more it. going on that you can follow. There's yeah. a story, and it moves along very quickly, and it's very charming and entertaining. And I thought, oh, well, isn't that good for a film that you're going <laughs> to spend two hours watching? So I, I did enjoy it a lot. It's it's quite a simple plot, really. You can't. It's not much worth going into the, the actual plot itself, but Ray Fiennes is kind of one hey, of the main the characters. Goes missing, right? Yeah, it's a bit of a farce, a bit of a kind of mystery to it, but it's, yeah. it's very well done. And it has the stylishness, but with the, the characters are actually charming. You do actually care about them, and it's oh, Fiennes yeah, kind is of, great, great. It's really good, and it kind of rattles along. And I, uh, yeah, I thought it was very, very good. Definitely yeah, it's, it's, it makes you re- think more about Asteroid City, how just like empty and. Mm, just nothing quiet. happens in it nothing happens just in it dead space yeah, yeah. No, no. whereas yeah. Grand Buddhist Hotel you still have the style you still mm. have the same quirky characters that mm. Wes Anderson does but just with a little bit of narrative momentum to it and suddenly you yeah. have oh the style works so much better in this way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love Grand Buddhist I think it's great yeah pretty good so, some very good films there you go uh, so I've been ticking off a lot of my TV as well this week oh, go on. Uh, on my little TV Excel file. So I finished off um, Poker Face. Okay. Season, yeah, the, season one completed it. It's very, very good. Uh, it also it, it ends definitively. So if it were it not to return, it has a satisfying ending. But also it opens the door for, well, maybe there'll be more. Uh, but very, very good. I definitely recommend it uh, just for people. It's the Ryan Johnson created Natasha Leone kind of uh, mm-hmm. Columbus style murder mystery while yeah. she's also on the lam being chased, being pursued. She stops at a different place every time and helps solve a murder or something. Uh, really, really, really fun. Really great. And the second to last episode with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was absolutely fantastic probably the best in the series really 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 great uh i also finished attack on titan okay uh, finished, finished my blu-ray and i watched the first of the uh, specials which isn't uh released on blu-ray yet i, just, I said oh, i might as well just watch so uh i'm all caught up with where they are with what's been released uh later in the year we have the other one hour special and that's the end so i've only got that left to watch uh, which is like fall 2023 is, is the release date. So we don't know when exactly it'll be out, but that'll be at the end of the story. The special, the season that I just watched was great. The special is really, really great. And uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to finally close the book on, uh, on attack on Titan, a show that I very, very much enjoy. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't enjoy as much was uh, a show that I still watch for some reason. I might be the only person i know who still watches it. it's it's the grand tour the top gear uh, uh, yes thing that they still do 
which I was looking at, I was talking to somebody about it. I was looking at my, um, my Excel document that I, I keep my shows on. And I'm like, well, on one hand, I have the most right-wing show possible. And then over here, I have RuPaul's Drag Race, the most left-wing show possible. I don't know many people who's going to have both of those on on their lists, to be honest. Uh, so what they've done with Grand Tour is they, they don't do it like weekly anymore. They just do like two or three specials a year, which unfortunately means that they've got more and more bloated as well. Uh, this one was like feature length. It was an hour 46, I think. Uh, and it was so fucking boring. Um, there was none of the like, let's turn our cars into boats and do a race, which is the stuff that I actually enjoy on it. It was just they, they, they drove and, oh, look, at James May had a f- funny thing happen. It was, it was incredibly boring and I hated it. Uh, and then the other thing that I've now that I've ticked those off, I've been able to restart watching season three, episode one. Nathan, for you, it's back. Yay. So I, I watched the first two and then I took a break. And now I'm going to watch the remaining two seasons uh, pretty much straight through. Uh, which will open the door for me to finally get around then to watch the rehearsal as well. Hell yes. So uh, I watched the first episode of Nathan For You uh, season three, which was where he had the um, uh, small electronic store and they were going to price match the prices in um, yes. yeah. Best Buy, but bring his prices down to $1 so they would have to price match so he could buy their stock for $1 to then sell at a premium. Yes, genius. Yeah, very, very funny episode. Great show, very easy to watch. You know, twenty minutes, you're you're in and out. Um, so as I said, let me bring up my TV file here. So, uh, Righteous Gemstones is back as well. So I have those episodes ready to go. They're on my currently. I, I at any time I only have five slots for currently watching. So I only I'm ever watching five different shows at, at once. So Righteous Gemstones is on there as well as Nathan for you, Mad Men. Obviously, I just started, so I'll get get back to watching that. Um, and then I want to start. I still want to start Mrs. Davis, which is the Damon Lindelof show that started a few weeks ago. Damon Lindelof of Lost and Watchmen and The Leftovers fame. So I do need to get around to that as well. Um, so yeah, a lot of lot of TV, and the reason why I can finally watch a lot of TV and watch these movies is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Finito. He's done it. He donezo. Wiped away all the tears. Is done. One hundred fifty-five hours, okay. which is just short of how long it took me to beat Breath of the Wild twice. Right. Okay. Uh, I did two playthroughs of Breath of the Wild and totaled one sixty. One playthrough of Tears of the Kingdom, one fifty-five. Um, got all the shrines, all the light routes, all the armor sets, including the one where you fight five Lionels in a row. Um, all the didn't get all the Koroks, obviously. Right. Um, compendium finished. You know, I basically. 100%ed all the stuff, all the quests, all the side, 139 side quests in all of mm. them. Uh, so for me, that was enough. Got my money's worth. You got your money. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously thoroughly enjoyed it. One of my favorite games I've probably ever, one of the best experiences playing a game probably ever. Um, but now that was enough. I've had my fill. Thank you very much, Nintendo, uh, for a, a truly phenomenal experience. Uh, but now it's time to play something else. And that something else is... Luigi's Mansion 3 on the woo, Switch. Mamma mia. I've never played any Luigi's Mansion game. Oh. Neither have I. And I actually, I'm probably going to do them on stream like soon. Because I want to yeah. do them. Because one, one on the GameCube, I don't know if I own. I know we had it in the house at one point. 
two then is on I think is it on three DS? Yeah. So they're they're kind of all over the place. There's not a consistent, you know, thing with the Louis Mansion. But I do have a copy of, of the Switch one here and I just started it today, paid it for an hour. Uh it's really fun. Okay. But also it's it's got controls that are a little bit annoying and uh, the way that you fight the ghosts. So uh it's you know, Luigi's Mansion is a Ghostbusters esque. Luigi has a vacuum cleaner on his back and a light uh, torch. And the way you fight the ghosts, uh, you know, ghosts are the enemies in the game. There's like boss fights. What you do is you you have to shine your torch at them first to make them like solid because they'll be like see-through and transparent. You have to hold A and and aim it at them and then let go to let the the torch beam go. And then you have to use right trigger to suck with your vacuum cleaner but using the torch like holding it down and then letting go rather than just pressing a to shine on them means there's like timing to it as well which makes it kind of clunky also nintendo do all this like innovation in their first party stuff and they it's like they got together in a huddle a couple of years ago and said right lads um we're just not going to bother with controls we're just like we're going to yeah some really cool stuff conceptually we're going to make some of the greatest games of all time can and well, this is the feel good in a control sense, but it doesn't I, matter. And I will say the worst thing about it, and and to give them the benefit of the doubt, I have not checked the settings yet to see if there's a, well, okay, a way yeah. to change it. Yeah. But but no, this this is the thing I'm going to say. Uh, you use the right stick to like aim the torch mm. or Hoover uh, tank controls. No, really? Yeah. Wow. So so so. Let's say you, you, you're facing to the right and there's a, an enemy on your left and you want to aim at them. You hold the stick left and Luigi starts turning in a circle to the yeah. left. And he'll go past... If you hold it too long, he'll go past it and back around to the right. Um, okay, which is very odd. Really why, like why the stick doesn't just aim where you want to aim it? I don't know. But I, as I said, maybe that's a setting. Maybe it's not. Mamma mia. But it's, it's annoying. But like the world is great. The story is, is, is really cute. And it seems like the exploration of the hotel is going to be really fun because one thing that happens is it's set in a hotel, not a mansion. I don't know why. Why did it call it Luigi's Hotel? But like, it's a big, tall skyscraper hotel. But someone's removed all the buttons from the elevator so you can't go to all the floors. And when you beat a boss, you you get, you know, upgrades and so on. But also you get some of the buttons back. So you get right. like one and five. And so you're exploring the hotel up and down to finally make your way to the boss, which is cool. Um, So it's, yeah, I mean, so far having fun with it. It's, it's thankfully it's not 155 hours long. I think it's probably in the range of 10. Uh, and I'm like one hour in, but yeah, it's, right. it's, 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 it's fun. Uh, and then the other thing that I'm playing is Halo again. So I've obviously beaten all the Halo games. But uh, my friend Sean has not, and so I'm doing co-op Halo. Oh, cool! With him on the Master Chief collection. On the Master Chief collection. Beautiful, beautiful. So we're doing co-op Halo Combat Evolved, which uh, uh, co-op obviously makes it very easy. So we're playing on a on a harder difficulty, but uh, it's it's funny comparing it to the single player experience because when you're playing on your own and you get like two hunters, hunters the big spiny backed. Mm porcupine looking enemies are very hard because their weak point is at their back so you, you kind of have to work your way into doing damage on like with bombs and stuff here one person just takes their attention the other one flanks and shoots them in the back and suddenly you're you're done in 45 seconds right all right move on so it makes it much much easier playing in talk because you can strategize like that but it's fun and you know 
uh, Halo is a little bit like the the Donkey Kong Country games insofar as that soundtrack is just one of the <laughs> all-time best, one of the best ever. Uh, I could just, just listen to it for hours. Um, great music. Great video game music. And speaking of music... Oh, here we go. Uh, I didn't listen to any new records uh, this week because I wasn't in the mood. Joe? Um, just one album. Uh, as I mentioned on Monday, it's 1999 by Prince. Uh, following on from the fantastic Purple Rain last week. So the first, so 11 tracks on this album, right? 11 tracks. First two, first two tracks, 1999 and a little red Corvette. Mm. They're, they're your opening. That's your opening gambit. So there you go. That's some, a shop window. I, yeah, it's pretty good. So this is a, very, it's a brilliant album. Um, it's a bit more kind of ex- experimental than, than, Purple Rain, which was kind of just very funky and dancey and, and fun. This one felt a bit more kind of experimental and very sexy as well. Lots of talk about. He went through his little sexy. He thing. went. He went all about. Oh, <laughs> oh, sex is good in that. Oh, sex, sex, sex. <laughs> no, no, no. All about bloody sex. The whole I'm thing. singing a song, but also look at my package. Look at my knob. Um, <laughs> yeah, I listened to the lyrics for Little Little Red Corvette for the first time. And realised it's not. I don't think it's about a little. Red it's not Corvette. about a car. It's not really about a car. I noticed he mentions like condoms a lot in it. Um, oh, weird. Which I was like, oh, hang on, has this got different meaning? Interesting. So um, yeah, good, really good album. So I might, I might go back to Prince uh, later in the year. But uh, mm. two very good albums back to back from the the uh, little P man there. <laughs> very good. Very good. That's it. Alrighty, and that's uh, that's music guff for the week, and that's going to be the podcast for this week. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, the boys will be back next week with a barryless edition of the show, talking blood and guts. Mm. I'm going to read. I might pop you an email with my thoughts on that if I do get it watched. Uh, looking forward to hearing what you make of it. Rick, looking forward to seeing the show itself, and obviously another week of collision post Owen Hart tournament direction for AEW and all that. Um, yeah. So uh, another another uh, 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 big show next week, I would imagine. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Chairshotpodcast.com if you want to pop us an email, quiz, question, feedback, uh, take, whatever you want to do. Um, uh, yeah, Chairshotpodcast.com is a little form on there you can fill out. Um, yeah, so that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much. It's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. Goodbye.